This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Welcome to the Munganaz St. Louis Honda Sports on a Sunday morning. Here's the pitch. A swing and a high fly ball. This could be trouble. It's at the wall. And it's a gunner! He scores! Now, sports on a Sunday morning on America's Sports Voice, KMOX. Welcome back to Sports on a Sunday morning, hour number two, and we kick it off as we have all baseball season with Kyle McClellan. It is the inside pitch. It's sponsored by the Stacey Lee Ballou Scholarship Fund and Redbird Carriers specializing in intermodal trucking, and wow, what a season this has been. Can you believe, Kyle, it comes down in game number 162. The Cardinals can win the division with a victory today. It was a, uh, yesterday it was kind of like, the season you know, watching that all unfold it was it was uh, up and down and you think you're down and then you're back in and then you think you're out and then you're, you're back in and it was uh or then you think you're in and then you're not it was uh, it was definitely a crazy uh and, and fun i think it was exciting i think mlb is probably excited about it and and you know i thought about last night Don. if the playoff card if, if the wild card situation wasn't added these games wouldn't really have a ton of meaning because either way, if the Brewers knew that they were in, for instance, and the Cardinals knew that they were in, but if there wasn't such a weight on winning the division, there wouldn't be near as excitement uh, that there is right now. So it's it's definitely an exciting time, and Cardinals have a chance today. It really is exciting. And yesterday was emotional and frustrating. And first of all, the Cubs open up this huge lead, and the Cardinals start to chip away. I was at the ballpark last night. The place was electric, Kyle. I mean, it really started with Yadier Molina getting in the face of Cole Hamels. That kind of jump-started the crowd. But the Cubs pulled away after that. I mean, the Cubs were up 6 to nothing in this game, and the Cardinals somehow found a way to climb back into it. Well, you, you look at that and you think, okay, are they, are they done? The announcers I was watching on uh, on TV, and they were talking about you know already talking about tomorrow's scenario, and I kept thinking, man, this team, th- there's still four or five innings left. They haven't watched this team all year like we have, and they start to come back and they start to uh, get close. And then when they got close, you know, it lets them down a little bit. I think it does. I think this stretch here does show some concerns for this team going into the postseason. I think the left left side of the bullpen is a concern. Andrew Miller has got a great name, and he he's been fantastic in. Uh, in, the, in his postseason career, but he's definitely a different Andrew Miller than what he was a couple years ago. And I just think that that go-to big spot for a lefty is going to be a concern in the bullpen. I think the bullpen has been so good, but there's definitely some chinks in the armor a little bit. Gant is not uh, not what he's been most of the year. That's a guy they relied on in a huge way. Um, and so you're starting to see a few chinks down there. Uh, but if the starting rotation can pick it up, it's going to help them not have to cover so many innings. You know, I was sitting in the crowd last night with a group of family and friends, and there was someone sitting next to me who's kind of new to them, and, and I was explaining Andrew Miller has really struggled, and they said, well, then why do they keep putting him out there? <laughs> I'm like, well, I mean, it's a fair question. They put him out right. there because of his reputation, because they invested a lot of money in him, because he is 
one of their best relievers. But it is a fair question. And now you kind of figure out, you know, what is your best bullpen mix? It depends on situation. You know who your right. closer is, and right now you have to figure out the rest. Well, and and this is where you could see a young guy emerge here really late into the into the picture here and to play kind of a big role. I look at kind of a Ryan Helsley kind of situation, but you got Gallegos, you got Gant. Um, you have, you know, some of your core guys that you know, but I, if, if the starters don't go deep and they don't cover six innings where it kind of matches up nicely, it, it's going to, it's going to be a struggle. And I think in the postseason you got to manage differently. If your starters struggle in the third, you got to get them out. And cause you can't, you can't allow a game to, to go uh, like you can in the regular season. You know, you, in the regular season, you're playing for the rest of that week. You know, you got to set things up to make sure you got guys, in the postseason, you can't. There is no tomorrow. And so if they have to cover a lot of innings, it, it, the, the bullpen, as of right now, the way they sit, I think is going to struggle in that area. It was tough to see Wayne right in that situation, wasn't it? I mean, there he is yeah, trying to finish it off. Yeah, and it, look, that's a situation you know he can't wait to get there. We talked about it leading up to the game that, you know, he's a guy that's been there. All these guys are looking at him for advice. Season and these things, and he, you know, he wants nothing more to go out there. It just wasn't his day. He gave up uh, four home runs. Man, some of those home runs where you're scratching your head on, thinking, "Then that ball opposite field is." He was out in front and just kind of lunged at, (laughs) flicked that thing out to left on a breaking ball. Just got enough of it, but yeah, not not Adam's best start. Not what you're wanting going into the postseason. Uh, But I, I will say this: this is why the Cardinals are in a good spot. You want to be in the Cardinals spot versus the Brewer spot. You want to be the team they haven't played well. It hasn't gone their way, but they're still in the lead. You don't want to be in a Milwaukee situation where you, if things don't go well, you're hoping for another team to, to, to not win so that you can get back in it. Cardinals are in it right now. Whether or not they play well or not going into it doesn't matter. They're still in the lead. They've earned that and uh, they're in the better spot as of today. That's right, and that's uh, because the Brewers have blown it, too. I mean, they lost two straight in Colorado, and the Rockies have come through. Are you kidding me with Sam Hilliard homering off of Hader in the ninth? (laughs) And then I was in the concourse, Kyle, walking out of there. Everyone had their heads down after the Cardinals lose to the Cubs, and suddenly you start hearing these roars throughout the concourse, fans figuring out, looking at their phones, that Trevor Story has just hit a walk-off home run for the Rockies. Unbelievable, really. Yeah, I was watching it last night. I flipped after the Cardinal game. I flipped onto that and was watching the end of it on uh, MLB Network. And I went up and I was telling my wife, I was trying to explain to her the situation. I said, okay, you have this guy, Hater, one of the best relief pitchers in the game, so good against lefties. Like, no lefties ever got to hit off this guy. And then you have a guy that spent most of his time in AAA who's up there pinch hitting. He's a left-handed hitter, by the way, and he hits a home run to the opposite field which is like there was a zero percent chance of happening and they tie it and then they go into extra innings and you know extra innings in Colorado not fun for the visiting team that's just not a good situation to be in and uh story hits the ball and you, you could see he thought it was gonna be foul as soon as he hit it and it just stayed fair and uh you know they were able to do it so that that had to, I mean you could see afterwards in the Brewers dugout just a deflating loss for them they were one out away from being able to be tied and come in today with all this energy. And, you know, in their heads, they were already, they were already there. You know, the guys in the dugout were already had themselves in that situation and they hit that home run. That, that is not fun. What a turn of events. So then the Cardinals, as soon as that happened, decide they're going with Jack Flaherty today. Flaherty on the mound. Kyle, you like that, don't you? You got to, um, you, you have to, you can't, you can't put yourself in a situation where you lose today um, the Brewers win, and you don't have your best guy out there. Then you go into the one-game playoff against Max Scherzer and say Jack Flaherty doesn't have a good game, and you're out. And then all of a sudden you're looking back and going, man, we had the chance to win the division. We didn't have our best out there. 
you have to do it. And I think it, it helps that he can be back for game two, uh, which is early in the series and allows him to be back later in the series as well if you can get to the NLDS. So it, it, it's a move that has to be made. He's your guy. He's your best guy to go out there. I think it sends a message to him, the rest of the team, uh, to go out there. We, we're sending our best out there. We need you guys to show up and support him, and let's not mess around with anything else. Let's get in there. Let's get to Atlanta and take care of business. That first pitch is thrown at 215. We can't wait. It's going to be right here on KMOX. And, Kyle, we appreciate these inside pitches all season long. Thanks so much for them. All right. Thanks, Tom. There's Kyle McClellan with the inside pitch. I'm Tom Ackerman. We'll be back with Mizzou football coach Barry Odom on Sports on a Sunday Morning on KMOX. Welcome back to the Munganass St. Louis Honda Sports on a Sunday Morning. Munganass St. Louis Honda on South Limburg on America's Sports Voice, KMOX. Oh, James, you know what I might do before the game today is drop by Q and the Lou Keener Plaza. They have barbecue from all over the area. My goodness. And I think it's free to walk in there, actually. Free. I don't know how free it is to eat everything, but it looks pretty good to me. Q and the Lou. Man, we have some good barbecue. Here comes somebody who knows something about barbecue. He's Barry Odom, the head football coach of the University of Missouri. Spent a lot of time coaching at Memphis. He grew up in Oklahoma. You know a thing or two about barbecue, don't you? I, I don't know that I've ever had uh, a barbecue that I don't like. And, and by the by, the look at me, um, you you can tell I don't miss many meals. So um, I, I enjoy good food, and, and barbecue's at the top of the list. I was in California one time at a uh, private event, and they were serving barbecue there, and people were like, oh, this was like in, in San Francisco. They're like, oh, this yeah. is delicious. This is good. And And a few of us from the Midwest were sitting at the table, and we looked at each other, and we were like, you know, kind of smiled and just shook our heads and ate it without saying anything because we know where the good stuff is. Man, we have some good stuff. Do you have any? I don't want to get you in trouble here, but do you have any favorites in Memphis? Uh, man, they're all they're all really good stuff. And and I tried. You know, we were there for three and a half years, and and uh, tried to visit as many as we could. And really, every athletic department event we had, there was always barbecue. You felt like, but uh, you know, we got really close with the owners of of. Uh, rendezvous and and they were so gracious in, in helping us in, in our recruiting process and central barbecue was right down from the house uh, where we live so we we went there a lot but the best barbecue that i've had tom and uh it's been a couple of years ago uh in the off season a group of guys and myself we decided to you know take our take our shot at, at doing a whole hog so we we did one uh buried it and it turned out it turned out uh, amazingly, really, really good. So anyway, we'll, uh, I'm not afraid to try it. And, uh, we, we ended up pulling it off pretty good. Wow. I'd love to see that. I, so my buddy Kirby, who's a chef, uh, did that for us a few years ago in his backyard, whole hog. It's incredible. He knows exactly what he's doing with the smoker. I actually was a barbecue cook in high school and which has really served me well. So I, I worked the smoker prep, I served, but I, I loved working in the kitchen mostly. And so that, that those grilling techniques helped me today even, but also has made me kind of picky when it comes to barbecue. And I'm with you. I think Memphis is the best. I think that St. Louis is starting to catch Memphis and Kansas City a little bit, but those are still the two kings for me. How fortunate are you, by the way, to have, be living between two great barbecue towns like St. Louis and Kansas city. That's not so bad. And by, by the way, Columbia is a great food town. It is. And you, you always, you know, you have an opportunity, especially in Columbia with all the, uh, local, uh, restaurants. You want to support those guys because they, you know, they, 
they thrive on it being a college town and uh, they're great supporters of, of the University of Missouri and, and our and our football program and uh, St. Louis, Kansas City, both both tremendous and easy to get to and, and uh, you know there's there's not much like living in a college town. You know, when you look at the take a step back and opportunities and uh, the culture, the diversity and all the things that we have in Columbia. Uh, make it a great spot. That is a great spot. What's it like on an off weekend for you? Were you able to to watch a little football yesterday? Yeah, it was. You know, got uh, throughout the week. We had a really good work week for our team. We had three good practices. Another walkthrough. We're in the weight room quite a bit, and then got a good jump on on our next opponent, Troy. And then uh, you know, was in on the recruiting road on on uh, all day uh, Friday and Friday night watching high school games, and then. Uh, yesterday, Saturday, spent some time in the office, uh, watched a little bit of football throughout the day, uh, but it ended up, you know, time went by pretty quick, just kind of staying on task with, with the game plan and moving forward with, with what we need to do this next week and then getting back in the conference play with Ole Miss two weeks from now. I saw that an Ole Miss uh, was fighting there with Alabama for a little bit and ended up losing that game. I saw that uh, Arkansas State beat Troy 50-43. to 43. Uh, Troy, that was a battle, man. It was 31-31 at the half, wasn't it? Yeah, a lot of, a lot of offense, a lot of explosive plays. Uh, Troy had a chance to win it and ended up on the last play of the game and an offensive lineman got injured. It was under 10 seconds, and the rule change in 2018, the 10-second runoff, uh, they lost the opportunity to play You know, the last snap, and you know, it was inside the 10-yard line. So they, they had a chance there to, to tie it or even go for two for the win, but the 10-second runoff, you know, they, they scored a lot of points. They're averaging over 500 yards a game on offense. Uh, they're explosive. Their quarterback's playing really well. They stretch every inch of the field, so we'll, we'll have a work cut out for us. How about what happened in Chapel Hill? I get chills just thinking about that, what Mac Brown almost pulled off as they aren't able to win against Clemson. 21-20, Clemson gets the win, and North Carolina goes for it. They had a shot, didn't they? Yeah, they did, and you know, I did see the end of that game, drove down, and then you know, decided to go for two, and, and uh, you know, they had all the momentum, and uh, you know, this came up just a little bit short, but you, know, you sit back and watch, and the 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 level playing field in college football—it's you know—it's so uh, across the country, minus you know four or five, six teams. Everybody's just about the same. That's right. And North Carolina falling to two and three, nearly pulled off a monumental upset against Clemson. Uh, your football team, after losing to Wyoming, really bounced back, and I I think that it has to do with defense first and foremost, but it probably just has to do with good old execution, just following game plans. I know that sometimes, um, you know, it takes some time for a team to come together on the same page with the coaching staff. Is, is that? Is that what happened in in the first game more than anything? Just not being in the right places. What have you seen over the course of these four games in terms of that area? Well, there are a number of times in game one that we were in the right spot. We just we weren't able to make the play, and I don't know, you know, exactly. There's a number of combinations that went into that. I think, um, you know, not playing with confidence for whatever reason, not executing for whatever reason. And, you know, it ultimately goes back to my desk on uh, not getting them in position to go win the game. So, you know, lessons learned and the urgency that it takes and the execution and the preparation and the habits and all those things have to align 
just to give yourself a chance to, to play winning football. And our team responded. And again, I, you know, I said it after the first game, we're not going to be defined by that loss. We'll be defined on how we react and what we do from here moving forward. And, and so far for the last three games, we've, we've responded in the right way. And now the next challenge and next opportunity is up. And again, your, your preparation, your habits, and all of those things that go into it, uh, they're on full display uh, for Saturday afternoon for, for three and a half hours, and that's, that's never going to change. You have a game against Troy coming up, as we mentioned. That's on this Saturday, another home game for you, as the Tigers will play at 3 o'clock on SEC Network. I do not see a time yet for the October 12th game against Ole Miss or for any of those SEC games coming up. You have one more home game and then two roads at Vanderbilt and at Kentucky. Uh, The SEC, just overall, what have been your observations about your conference? Yeah, you look really from top to bottom. You better be ready to bring it every week. Um... If you look, Arkansas had a chance yesterday to beat A&M. Uh, you know, Kentucky and South Carolina battled it out last night. There's a lot of good football uh, being played. Um, and then, you know, the, the opportunity that we have now, two home games in a row, then we go on, on the road for two, uh, and then another bye week. Oh, we've got to take care of, of being in the, the here and the now and, and take care of the moment, live in the moment, and make sure that, that every opportunity that we get, because, you know, the season's, already a third over, uh, it'll go by really, really quickly. I know your laser focused on your team, but outside of that, the NCAA appeals process, do we know anything new? What do we know about the timeline there? You know, I sure wish we did, but, but um, I, I think you know, if you look at, at the from when we last visited uh, with them and had information, and in, I guess it was July, you know, the time frame, we, we've got to be getting close. Uh, you know, no, no news on, on uh, either side of it, good or bad. And I know that, you know, we, we talked last week in the bye week with our team about, you know, it's coming around the corner. We know that it, that it is and whether, you know, it's the best news we could receive or the worst, um, you know, that's, that's going to be the reality of, of yet another obstacle, good or bad, how we handle it, our attitude, the control of, of what we can control in front of us and then continue to move forward with the things that we're doing in our organization. So our kids are, are anxious to, to hear, as, as we all are, uh, but also you know visited a little bit more in-depth with them about if you're sitting around and focused and thinking about that, then you're losing out on the opportunity to go prepare to play your best. And uh, at some point, uh, hopefully in, in the near future, we'll learn of, of uh, kind of what, what stays with it, and uh, and we'll – will adjust and, and continue to uh, push forward. South Carolina won its first conference game 24-7 to over Kentucky. They're 1-2 and in the conference. Kentucky's now 0-3. Missouri sits at 1-0 and in the SEC, and so is Georgia. They were both idle yesterday. Florida beat Towson, an out-of-conference game for them, a non-conference. They are 2-0 and in conference play. So how it sits right now in the conference standings, Florida, Georgia, Missouri, all unbeaten, and Florida... Uh, is on the schedule. George is on the schedule, and it's going to be interesting. I know that. I, by the way, my answers are Central is my favorite in Memphis, but my little little side favorite for a long time was Cozy Corner. I know you know all these places. Oh, man. Cozy Corner. Did you have the spaghetti? Cozy <laughs> yeah. Corner? Barbecue yeah. spaghetti. <laughs> And that stuff, awesome. So yeah. good. And then for me, Kansas City, I got to put Joe's on top, but the little side favorite would be LC's. LC's is great, <laughs> man. 
great little out of the way. You and I, you and I may be related and just not even know it. (laughs) uh, There's a lot of similarities there. The thing, you know, I can't, I don't ever want to rank what city I think is best in the barbecue. I think you can find, uh, you can find great food anywhere. And, and, you know, St. Louis, Kansas city, Memphis, all the, all the above, uh, they're, they're making their mark. Yeah, for sure. And I can't do the St. Louis one because I'll get in trouble. But I but I will say Pappy's has got Pappy's kind of the king and then everybody else is right, right there. There's so many good ones. We really appreciate it. As always, thank you for the visit. Best of luck to you this weekend against Troy. We'll catch up with you soon. All right, man. Have a great week. Thank you. You too. There's the head coach of the University of Missouri, Barry Odom. Always great to chat with him. John Mosalock is next on KMOX. Welcome back to the Munkadass St. Louis Honda Sports on a Sunday morning. Munkadass pre-owned on South Limburgh on America's Sports Voice, KMOX. Tom Ackerman back with you. Cardinal Baseball today at 2.15 against the Chicago Cubs. If you haven't noticed, this show, I like, I always think that you should surround yourself with people you enjoy talking to. And that's what I try to bring to you every day on Sports on a Sunday morning on these Sundays. Mike Schiltz, we talked to him. Kyle McClellan, always love visiting with him. And that was fun to catch up with Mizzou football coach Barry Odom, talking a little barbecue and football with him. And now let's bring in John Mosellock. I don't know how many times you and I have talked over the years, but it's been a lot. We've seen a lot of baseball. And it's amazing to think, isn't it? John, that we started this in February with spring training. We've seen all of those workouts, all of those exhibition games, 161 regular season games, and it comes down to today for the National League Central. Wow. Well, it's certainly exciting. You play 161, and you still have a chance to, to control your own fate. So I, I think that's all you can ask for. But, you know, clearly we got to figure out a way to put up some runs early and uh, give Jack some support. And if we can do that, I think it could be a very exciting day for us. Jack Flaherty has been a tremendous pitcher for you all season long. How are you doing? How are, I mean, is this an emotional thing for you? Is it, you've, you've always been like a rock through all of this. I don't see you getting too emotional. How are you holding up? Well, I, you know, I was like thinking about this as I was driving in this morning and over coffee, but you know, the one great thing about sports is, is that you always have hope and, you know, you know, regardless of, of how you deal with that, whether you get overly nervous or, or start to have that sort of energy that you just can't sit in one place, you know, for me, you know, I've certainly sat through a, a lot of exciting baseball games over my career and, um, but you still want it, and, and you're still hopeful. And, and so there's always that, that sort of extra tick in that ticker that uh, makes you know that you're very much alive. And, uh, you know, I think today will be fun. And so as I was, like, meeting some people this morning, you could definitely tell there's a little bit of extra energy in the air, and, and I think that's a good thing. And, you know, when you think about why people watch sports, it's for reasons like today. That's right. I felt it yesterday. Uh, you know, the fans, I think there was a little extra edge and energy to them knowing that there was some champagne in the house, that it could be today. And I know the Cubs got out to an early start. The Yachty incident, the brief incident there with Cole Hamels got the place jumping a little bit. But the Cubs tried to take the life out of the place. And then here came the Cardinals again. I mean, <laughs> I, I turned to the person next to me. I said, I've seen a lot of stuff in this ballpark. This would be up there if they can come back and win this ball game. That was really something. Well, I, I think, you know, last week we were talking about a very similar thing. When you're, when you're not giving up, when you're showing grit, you know, this team has, has found ways to win in, in very unusual ways. So, you know, hope today that, that we have a more typical appearance of the Cardinals where, you know, guys are swinging the bats and uh, we can give Jack some support. And if we do that, I think it's going to be really a, a fun one. 
What about the bullpen right now? Just overall, your feelings about what they're sending out there. I know it's Jack Flaherty today, and and you can almost count on Jack going deep into a game. But how does the bullpen look to you right now? Where does it stand in your eyes? Well, I certainly think you you, you can't underestimate the, that nineteen inning game. Um, you know, I I think this time of year you can always feel a little taxed, even with expanded rosters. Because you're not always going to the to the full uh, gamut of players that you have over there, and so I definitely think that that some of our guys are, are could use the break, and you know that shows the importance of today. So, you know, if you can win today, then you actually get a few days to take a blow and, and catch your breath. So, you know, there, there's no doubt it hasn't been locked down like we have have seen um, during our run. But, uh, you know, clearly we believe there's a lot of talent out there that's capable of getting hot again. And going back to that uh, lineup, kind of the same thing. You know, Mike told us last hour very clearly it's going to be the same lineup. He's going to go back out there with it. That any changes right now, I mean, I think he just wants to roll with the players that have gotten you there. Yeah, I think, you know, you're you're always left with that fork in the road decision, right, on on what's the best way to, to put out your lineup. But... You know, the, the, the lineup we're going with was the, the team that, that carried us for most of August and September. So, you know, hopefully they, they can dig deep and, and find that place again where they can be productive and, and we can come out of this on top. I wanted to ask you a couple of injury questions. I know you always give us the latest. Uh, Colton Wong, I know that a hamstring can be tricky. What do we know right now about Colton? Well, Colton's in a situation where he's still not feeling 100%. And anytime you're dealing with a strain, if you can still feel it, that means it has, hasn't gone away completely. And so, you know, it's going to be a risk-reward proposition at some point and just decide if it makes sense to push him. But I think right now it's uh, something where we're still keeping a very conservative approach. Meanwhile, Tommy Edmond playing second base and Matt Carpenter at third. Michael Waka, that was tough to see. I know that he's given you a lot of great years. But Waka walking away from that game just recently, what's going on with him right now? You know, I would say that was more preventative than anything. I mean, obviously, uh, y- you hate for your last outing, if, if that is, where you're walking off the mound. But, you know, Walk has been a, a tremendous teammate and, and player here for the Cardinals over the last six years. And, you know, certainly that's not the way you want to go out. But um, after the MRI, based on, on, on what we're hearing from downstairs, I'm not overly concerned that it's a long-term problem for him, but certainly not the best news. And I know how close you are with Adam Wainwright, and baseball is one thing, but personal relationships is another. And to know Adam Wainwright and what a competitor he is, that I, you're not human if you don't feel a, a touch of sadness for him walking off the field yesterday. I know how much he wanted to guide that team last night. Well, and, and you know, the, the one thing that you can say about Adam Wainwright is he cares. He truly wants to be prideful of, of what's on the front of that jersey. And so for that, that outing and, and perhaps even the reaction here was sort of a bummer because he's, he, he really does want to do great things for this city and this team, and that's what he's been a part of. So, you know, I certainly uh, um, don't know what the future holds yet, on, on what that looks like, but I hope it's not his last appearance here. I hope not. Uh, what about just this next week? I mean, not knowing where you're going to be, uh, just looking overall at the National League, isn't it something how it comes down to today? All these games are at the same time. Everybody's still waiting to see where they're going this week. What a wild uh, schedule, and I guess, in a way, the wild card, what it's done for the playoffs in the National League. 
Well, baseball's crazy, um, especially when you when you think about all the different iterations that could happen over the next uh, 24, 48 hours. Um, I, I hope we can put a lot of those to bed today <laughs> and not have to think about it. But, um, you know, to do our job, we also have to be aware of what that might look like. So, you know, my fingers are crossed, and hopefully we get it done today. One last thing for you, and this season is not over by any stretch. You still have another chapter to write here in October, but... When you look back at the 2019 Cardinals as a team, how are they defined to you? What what do you see? I think the the way I would would when I reflect on this club is it's just been a very gritty team. They they've 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 just found ways to win in, in many different ways, and I think that's sort of the exciting part of, of watching Cardinal baseball is on any given night someone could step up and 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 be that person. So. You know, when you think back to, to 2019, I think that it's going to be defined as, as a deep team that 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 um, figured out ways to win when they most needed to. You never know. We'll see what happens today and what happens in the next few days. And John Mosellock, always a treat to have you on KMOX. All the best to you today, a 2:15 start for the Redbirds. Good luck. All right. Thank you, Tom. Thank you. John Mosellock, Cardinals president of baseball operations. A quick timeout. We'll come back, catch up with what the Blues have been doing, and then we'll hear from Katie Shields, the women's soccer coach at St. Louis University. We're trying to touch all sports today. We've hit just about all of them, haven't we, James? Back in a moment, we'll also look at any uh, last-minute NFL news for your fantasy teams before these noon kickoffs. On sports on a Sunday morning on KMOX. Welcome back to the Munganass St. Louis Honda Sports on a Sunday morning. Munganass St. Louis Honda on South Lindbergh. On America's Sports Voice, KMOX. The Blues play today. They have a preseason game at Columbus. That one gets going at 4 o'clock. And after that, it is on. The Blues will be playing on October 2nd against the Washington Capitals to start the season at home against the former Stanley Cup champions. They are the defending Stanley Cup champions, and that Stanley Cup banner will be unveiled in the rafters, and it will all be real. Also unveiled will be the new Blues defenseman. He's Justin Falk. And while wishing Joel Edmondson well as he makes his way to Carolina, along with Dominic Bach and a seventh-round pick, Doug Armstrong, the general manager and president of hockey operations, told us about Falk. Uh, Justin uh, comes with a a very deep and strong resume, a player that's played in the league for a number of years, 27 years old, uh, in in the prime part of his hockey career. Um, We feel he's tailor-made to today's NHL, a skater, uh, someone that can transport and move the puck, uh, touches both ends of special teams and logged a lot of minutes over the years. Uh, when I look at our group of, of defense now, um, probably the most balanced group that we've had uh, since I've been here. Uh, Alex Petrangelo has played very well with all three guys on the left, whether it be Dunn, Gunnarsson, or Bo Meester. Um, and obviously we know that Colton and, and uh, Bo Meester played very good last year. So I think it's going to give uh, uh, Mike and Craig a lot of different opportunities to have different pairs. One of the things, too, just uh, this year probably singularly is that when you play late into the uh, into the spring, uh, fatigue can set in, and I think now having three sets of defensemen that, uh, for a better term, you don't have to shelter or hide, it's going to be very advantageous. Uh, we saw a little bit last year how uh, Alex's offense was able to grow as Bo Meester and Pranko became the shutdown pair, for, for a better term. Uh, Petro is getting, getting a chance to jump into the offense uh, more and more, and we think that's uh, going to be a big positive for him and for Falk. Uh, Pranko's offense is still going to be there, obviously, but 
at the end of the day, uh, we believe that uh, we're, we're a stronger team today because of the addition. And um, that, that's our goal this year is to, to put our best foot forward uh, and, and see if we can replicate uh, some of the success we had in the second half of last year. With that being said, I'd uh, entertain any questions you might have. That's Doug Armstrong talking to the media, his opening statement on the Justin Falk, not only trade, but extension. I've heard nothing but good things about St. Louis, about the organization, and then with the success the team is having, it makes the decision a lot easier. I'm from Minnesota, so I'm not a guy that would love the big city, so kind of sticking in the Midwest seems a little bit easier to me, so there's a lot of parts that went into it, and they all kind of came together to make the decision pretty easy. He joins the Stanley Cup champions. It's just nice that if you're going to move on and you're going to go to another team and another situation, that it's another team that's having success and doing well. I'm happy to be a part of a team that's going to hopefully continue to have success. And Obviously, we all know what happened last season. That's great, and it's uh, nice to join a team that is probably feeling pretty good and confident and, and uh, knows what the, the rigors are like to, to keep going. You heard what Armstrong said about him. Here's Falk himself on what he can bring to the Blues. I think I shoot the puck pretty well, and I've, I've scored a good amount of goals in my career and, and throughout time on the power play, so just trying to trying to bring a game that's going to be tough to play against and all over the ice, and I like to play the game hard, too, I think. That's the fun part, I believe, and just going to try and be consistent and do whatever the, the team is, is asking me and, and whatever's needed. Sunday morning continues. Tom Ackerman with you and St. Louis University women's soccer coach Katie Shields is with us in her seventh season as head coach. She's had a very successful run and it's great to have her on KMOX once again. How are you doing? I'm doing really well. Thanks so much for having me. It's great to have you. What a nice Sunday it is. And last year, you had another successful year. I remember visiting with you at the Missouri Athletic Club, receiving that Carl O. Bauer Award for Excellence in Amateur Athletics, so I'm sure it was a thrill for you and for your team. It was. It was an awesome, awesome experience for me and uh, recognition of the program success last year. How are things going this year? We're we're doing well. We're off to a really good start. We've played uh, the toughest schedule since I've been here in terms of our non-conference slate. Um, we came out of that in, in really good shape, and we're off to uh, a 2-0 start in 8-10 play, scoring eight goals in our first two uh, conference games. So uh, doing pretty well so far. Most people picked you to win the Atlantic 10. What is it like to have that expectation and, I guess, that target on your back? You know, it's a, it's an honor when they pick you. Um, when we talk to our team, you know, the picks don't mean anything till you till you prove it. And uh, last year's team earned that respect. So this year's team is is just trying to go out and prove why uh, why they earned that respect. And here you go, back in St. Louis with a four game homestand. I'm sure that's a lot of fun for you. Taking on Dayton today. We are. We're uh, we're really looking forward to playing at home. Um, our senior class is. Uh, unbeaten in their four years at home in, in uh, regular season play. So they're thrilled to be back home. Looking forward to a great game uh, when we match up against Dayton. It's always a pretty lively uh, lively event. And, uh, you know, looking to get three more points in our league play today. You are 29-1-5 and in your last 35 games at Herman Stadium. That is a remarkable record. I guess it just goes to the comfort of playing at home? It does, you know, sleeping in your own bed, uh, playing on a familiar surface. And uh, our players, have, you know, going back, uh, when I first got to SLU seven years ago, we wanted to make Herman Stadium a tough place for opponents to come into. And so 
this uh, this group has really taken that to heart, as did the players that came before them. So it, it's definitely something we're we're proud of and looking forward to continuing that streak. Today's game is at one o'clock at Herman Stadium. It's homecoming and family weekend as well. So I know you have a lot of of your players, a lot of your friends, a lot of family, a lot of supporters. We do. It was an awesome crowd at the men's game last night. Um, you know, great. We have our alumni coming back. We'll have about 30 or 40 of them today. And uh, hopefully a, a good turnout from the community as well. Do you see a lot of kids out in the crowd, Katie? We're talking to Katie Shields, the head coach of St. Louis University Women's Soccer. Do a lot of kids take in the games? They do. We have a ton from you know the, the local youth clubs and, and some of the local CYC groups coming out. Um, a cool thing is most of our team is from the St. Louis area, so there there's a lot of super fans that, that maybe are from the same towns in St. Louis that our, our players come from, so it's uh, it's pretty cool when you get these little faces seeing what they could be someday in the crowd. Yeah, 19 of your 29 players are from the St. Louis area. I wonder if your players see themselves, you know, not long ago, right, looking out at the field at players that they look up to. They do. I think it's uh, it's something special that we've kind of started to build. And a lot of our, our players, when they were young ones, they were coming to Billiken games. And now it's it's more exciting. You know, they're they're there and they've got their whole friends, their family, their their youth teams coming to watch them play. And uh, it's, it's a pretty cool connection when you start to put it all together. One o'clock today at Herman Stadium. Great way to stop by and enjoy some good sports. We've got a lot of things going on in the city today. And that's Another big event, St. Louis University women's soccer against Dayton. Just wanted to highlight some of your players. Allie Klug from Narinx, I know, is one of the highlights for sure. A two-time All-American, Katie. How's she looking this year as she's on that Herman Trophy watch list? She is. She's also a senior uh, class award finalist. Um, Allie's fantastic. I mean, she's special defender. I, she's probably going to graduate as the most decorated player um, in women's soccer history, but she, she's earned it. I mean, she's special from a defensive standpoint. She's special from an attacking standpoint. She scores goals for us. And she also, uh, she's a tremendous leader uh, of our competitiveness and um, demanding of her teammates. She's a, she's a big reason why we've been really successful the last few years. You have some great seniors, Courtney Reimer, your midfielder, your goalkeeper, Mary Niehaus, also from Narinx, believed to be the only six-year senior in Division One women's soccer this year. What a story. I just heard that last night that she was the only one. Um, but Mary's outstanding. You know, she had to sit out last year with a ACL injury, so to get her back and playing at, at the best she's ever played is is helping us. Uh, you know, be really stingy defensively, and then you know, Courtney Reimer's a player that's gotten better and better all four years. I think she's one of the best midfielders in the country um, for what she does on both sides of the ball. She's uh, she's again one of our competitive leaders and. Uh, is really turned into a special player. And you have a sophomore forward who scored a school record 30 points as a freshman last season. That's Hannah Frederick from Hazelwood West. What a player. Yeah, Hannah's, Hannah's a special goal scorer. Um, she just has a knack in and around the box. You know, last year she benefited. She had some really good dynamic attacking players to complement her. This year she's off to another really good start. Um, she's the player. When the game's on the line, you want the ball at her foot, and she just more often than not is able to deliver for us. So um, a fun player to continue to watch grow in our program. Well, we continue to watch you and your program, and we can't wait to see what happens today in this homestand that continues with St. Joseph's on October 3rd, St. Bonaventure on the 6th, LaSalle on the 13th, and today at 1 o'clock against Dayton. We hope you get a lot of people out there 
today to go see you play on what's a great day here in St. Louis. We appreciate it very much. Awesome. And, you know, come watch us and then go home and catch the rest of the Cardinals is my hope. That's right. Exactly. The Cardinals game doesn't start until 2.15, so you'll be able to pull that off for sure. It's a great go get some lunch and then at 1 o'clock go see the St. Louis Billikens take on Dayton. Katie Shields is the head coach of the women's soccer program at SLU. Thanks very much. Have a great game today. Awesome. Thanks, Tom. Great to hear from Katie Shields. Well, we have Cardinal Baseball at 2.15 today. So what we're going to do is have Nothing Impossible at noon. That'll be with Michael Calhoun. Then at 1.20, Joe Pott will have Ameren Total Access. He'll be coming to you from Bush Stadium as the Cardinals take on the Cubs. 2.15 is game time. If there is a celebration, make sure that you hang on. KMOX will be the place to be post-game, that's for sure. Thanks to James O'Sullivan. I'm Tom Ackerman on KMOX. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.